ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors on a Thursday edition of the show, 94.3 The Game. Excited about this show. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook, live on Twitter as well. If you've got a comment, question, concern, as always, drop it in the comments. We'll get to it throughout the next hour. Excited for today's show because we're going to be talking about a topic that I feel like continues to need addressing, especially at East Carolina University. We've got Doug Gomes. He is the committee chair of Team Boneyard, the NIL collective here supporting East Carolina student-athletes. Doug, welcome onto the show, and I appreciate the time. Thank you. Nice to be here, and I love to talk about Team Boneyard. We've had uh, Hank Hinton, of course, of Interbanks Media on in the past. He's on the board, and he can talk uh, quite a lot, so we'll see how you stack up to Hank. Uh, We had Lance Clark as well. We did the Q&A. Lance... Not yet, didn't want to come on and do the radio thing, so we appreciate you uh, not shying away. We might get Lance on down the road. But uh, for, for those unfamiliar, we will kind of touch on the basics of Team Boneyard and NIL here in a little bit. But let's first hear about your background, Doug. What led you to uh, to getting involved with Team Boneyard, you know, wanting to support some ECU student-athletes in, in a different way? Well, you know, my wife and I have been very supportive of ECU athletes, athletics for a long time, uh, and we know the impact that ECU athletics has on the community. And simply, you know, when, when we're competitive, it, uh, the whole community uh, does better. I mean, people go out to eat, they buy apparel, uh, it's just more uplifting. So uh, when the opportunity presented itself, when Hank mentioned about, you know, let's get a committee for the NIL and, and let's get rolling on it, you know, I was happy to help and, and uh, I'm not quite sure why they made me chairman, but <laughs> it would happen that way. So. Uh, so it, again, it, we see the value of it for the whole community. And you've worked for a long time with Grady White Boats, which has supported East Carolina athletics and the athletics campus is basically named after Grady White for the big donations there. So how much does your experience there kind of help you maybe in this role? Well, you know, I was very involved with, uh, Eddie Smith and his, uh, donation to, uh, ECU and, and worked on, on the signage and how we got that going. So very familiar with, uh, the activities there because I was involved in marketing and sales with Grady White. So uh, that helped a lot. You know, I knew the players. I knew Ryan and John Gilbert. And uh, so there, there's nothing new with me interacting with athletics. Doug Gomes with us in studio again. We're talking Team Boneyard NIL today. And we touched on some of the basics with Lance Clark in our Q&A on hoistacolors.net, but wanted to really dive more <clears throat> into it today. We'll start kind of with some of the basics. If somebody's tuning in for the first time, whether it be the stream or radio, Let's talk about Team Boneyard and when you, you really first got involved and maybe how much you've kind of seen it evolve over the last year or so. Yeah, you know, it started in July of 22, and it really got rolling uh, last December. Uh, you know, Hank came up with a great idea of how to raise some money by asking for, for $5,000 contributions versus fifty, dollars 100000 And that got us rolling enough to help support uh, – athletes here this uh, this year a lot of those contracts that we had end here in november and december and we go back at it again uh in uh, january and february as to what we do next year and a lot of people don't kind of understand that but this is going to be an annual thing until the landscape of nil changes every year we're going to have to have this support and uh 
So uh, anyways, once we did that, we we got a committee members. Uh, there's seven of us on the committee currently, and, uh, and, the, and that's how it got rolling. Justice Bradburn on YouTube says, Doug Gomes is the man. ECU is so fortunate to have him and his support. So uh, he, he wants to give you a shout-out. So you got you got at least one fan out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll get to so many more questions again. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, drop it here. We got some comments from YouTube or uh, from Hoist the Colors we'll get to as well. So when, when I talked with Lance for the Q&A, he said you, you guys as Team Boynard raised, I think, around, what, $500,000 year one? Kind of What was the update there as far as year one? Uh, yeah, it was a little over $500,000, and uh, some of the money, you know, w- went uh, directly to the to a player or to the team that didn't go. Th- we just used it as a coming into the Team Boneyard. We've raised uh, ourselves probably close to 400000 of that, and uh, – so this year, uh, you know, obviously we were late to the dance to get it going, and, and we're probably in the middle to lower pack of the AAC. And we're, not gonna, we're not trying to be competitive with the Big Ten or SEC, but we want to be competitive with who we play. And we think we need to, to be in the million to million and a half range. And that's what our goal is now, is to get at least a million dollars here coming up. Do you feel like this season, and nobody wants to be a one and eight, Doug, but maybe it's opened some eyes and you guys are in conversations with some some major donors and the average fan. I know the average fans have, have done their best to support with a monthly contribution. We'll get into that a little bit as well. But do you feel like this season has maybe raised the awareness, the urgency to continue to grow? Yeah, I think once uh, people got over the frustration and disappointment and you know again you got to understand so many players were lost on the offensive uh, offensive part of the team but yeah once they got past that frustration and they could see hmm okay maybe the NIL is something that we have to be concerned about and we need to donate to because that's what's going to make a big difference is we need NIL to not only retain our good players but to go to the transfer portal and add to the I I made the comment yesterday. Look, I cover recruiting firsthand, and I cover the transfer portal. You know, which will start up in December, and there will be a need to to get some funds to potentially attract players in that realm. But last year, ECU lost players to Rice and Arkansas State based on NIL money, and I don't think people. Of course, you're going to lose maybe to like Virginia Tech. Also, ended up taking a couple of players ECU was after for NIL funds and other reasons. But when you're losing to to teams that are in your conference or maybe they don't have the fan base you think that you have. I think that's an eye-opener, too. So, like, where does ECU at this point stack up compared to the American, and where does ECU need to go to to, to compete for championships realistically in terms of NIL funding? Yeah, again, I, I, right now we're probably in the middle of the pack of the AAC, and you got to remember that some of those are new members in there. And We're not talking about Cincinnati and UCF and – uh, you know, Houston, they're they're out, so they're already above us on it. But the new ones coming in, they're they're raising more money than we have. So we need to be at that million dollar level to a million and a half. And uh, uh, you know, it's very important. A lot of people ask why are we emphasizing the football program? Well, football and basketball are revenue producing sports, and they support all these other athletes and all these other teams, men's or women's. So it's really important that football is healthy. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, to be competitive, we need to be in the upper tier of the AAC. Doug Gomes is with us, the uh, chair of the Team Boneyard Committee. How often do you guys meet as far as you know, being the committee? And 
again, this is volunteer work. You guys aren't getting paid for a lot of hours and time. And you are doing this because you guys want to see ECU Athletics succeed and you realize how important it is to do that. So how much do you all meet and, and plan these sort of things? Yeah, our, we probably have uh, two uh, Zoom calls a month and we're we're texting and emailing each other it seems like all the time. I mean, there's there's always things that we're talking about. So officially, we're probably Zooming at the beginning. Maybe when we first got it rolling, we were doing it once a week. Now we'll probably get ready to do it again once a week as we get into November and December here. But at least twice a month, we're doing a Zoom call for about an hour. Uh, and then again, we have a lot of emails going on. And a lot of the guys are talking one-on-one to either Ryan or, or John or the coaches and that type of thing. When you guys look at the, the committee members and you – can or cannot give out names depending on what you want to do but is it more like businessmen in town we know hank hinton from interbanks media or, or is on it do you have any former student athletes as well uh not currently i mean uh, matt slate just came on our board he was a chair of the ecu foundation uh woody tyner's retired bbt executive uh, david price is a con- owns his construction company uh david Faree is uh the owner of anson belt uh lance clark with bill clark homes and of course you've already mentioned uh hank and, uh, and then myself. So the, that's the committee. So I get a lot of questions about this, and we'll kind of – I'll ask you, and you can, you know, address it how you want to. But people want to know, can the Pirate Club and the and Team Boneyard work together? And, and I always get the, hey, maybe a certain amount of my Pirate Club contributions go directly to the Pirate Club, which, you know, funds student-athlete scholarships, which is very important. Uh, but can another part of that maybe go to Team Boneyard as well? Like, have you guys – tried to work with the Pirate Club, or is that not even an option from a legality standpoint at this point? Yeah, I'm not sure the financial aspect of things. I think they have to be careful there, but they've been very supportive with us with marketing endeavors and providing us some labor on, you know, emails out or contacting donors or they're contacting donors themselves. We have a very close relationship with the athletic department. They've been uh, even more and more focused on NIL, especially in the last couple months here. So I have no complaints with the, the Pirate Club on it. The, the, the legality and the financial aspect, I think, yes, they have to be a little careful on that. The, uh, we also have gotten questions about are there some ideas to explore to increase NIL donations like 50-50 raffles, golf tournaments. Somebody mentioned deep sea fishing, which at least you do have a tie-in with Grady White Boats, uh, <laughs> on-field experiences uh, working with the Pirate Club. So. As far as, you know, putting together, maybe organizing events like that, we, again, we see it maybe at other schools that perhaps, I don't know if they have full-time employees that are getting paid or, or whatnot, but have you guys had any discussions on some of that stuff? Yeah. First of all, mo- a lot of the universities, they have uh, professional collectives or professional organizations that run their collectives. We don't do that here at East Carolina. Part of the problem is that when we look to do that, uh, the amount of money that they would want was more than we would want to give because we were just starting. And, uh, you know, maybe that'll be something down the road. But again, remember, there's seven of us, and w- a lot of us are still working. And uh, so it's very difficult to just pull and say, okay, we're going to do this event or this event. But yes, we've talked about a lot of different events. We've talked about having uh, an auction on some apparel, we've talked about a golf classic. Uh, so I think these things will continue to grow. Uh, again, we're basically just completing year one in December. Even though we started it up in July of 22, it didn't really get rolling. So we, we have very good uh, committee members, and I think that uh, there will be more things that we'll get involved in there. 
do you think if this if this continues to where the NIL is outside the athletic department, which it is now, it has to be, you know, at some point do you have to, as Team Boneyard, look into maybe doing some professional work as far as, you know, getting some full-time employees? Just because it's, it's, a, it's a lot, you know. I'm sure it's not easy to, to fundraise for money and put these events on. So is that something in time you guys might have to consider? Sure. I think we we'll, we constantly have to look at that to see if there's, uh, you know, whether it be advantageous to do, to do that. One of the things we need to do is get that collective up right. over that million, million and a half. So then, okay, now it may make sense that we could uh, get a professional organization there. Now, one of the things that we did that, you know, people don't maybe see the benefit of, of that is uh, we formed a contract with uh, Parents for Public Schools because lots of people that gave to us last year, if they did it through their business, they used it as a marketing expense. But others, personal, they had no tax deduction. Now you can give money to Team Boneyard through Parents for Public Schools. We give them 6%. They hold the money until the athletes perform something for PPS, like in the school systems, and then they, that's how they get paid. But that's a tax deduction that we didn't have last year, so we're very excited about that. Yeah, I wanted to pu- pull that up or bring that up. We, we had talked about it with Hank a lot, or uh, like in the spring or in the summer and the I think maybe August is when you guys kind of really got that up and run. But Parents for Public Schools of Pitt County, again, if you go to teamboneyard.org and you're an individual wanting to donate, that is completely tax deductible. And, you know, I always get the question, too, how much of this goes to the athletes? You guys don't keep any of it. And, you know, the Parents for Public Schools, they do keep a small percentage correct, but otherwise right. everything goes to the student-athletes. Correct. They keep 6%. and. Uh, and that, that's the money that goes from parents for schools. If you donate directly to Team Boneyard, 100% of that goes to the athletes. Yep, and if you're a business, you can do that directly, and you know, right. obviously it can be tax deductible, which we've done at Hoist the Colors here. And, uh, and then parents for public schools of Pitt County, if you're an individual, the tax deductible option is there. So, again, teamboneyard.org. Where, where do you feel like the membership is right now? I don't, I don't know if you have a number. Uh, as far as members giving the monthly option and and the importance of that, I mean, the, the, look, the big donors they're going to drive, I think, a, a large portion of this. But having the baseline of some monthly contributions has to be huge too. Yeah, it is. I mean, again, we're just starting to get get that perspective in it because of PPS and and, uh, and the tax deductibility of it. Uh, certainly, most of the money has come outside of PPS because we didn't even offer it last year. But uh, the value of being able to be a tax deduction is is very important for the base of people that want to do like $50 a month or $100 a month. And, uh, and, and so we have uh, a lot of people signing up. As far as the total number of donors, we're probably somewhere around less than 200 people have contributed to Team Boneyard. And if you look at how many people are in the Pirate Club right now, not talking about Student Pirate Club, there's probably 5,000. So we have less than 5% of, of, of the Pirate Club members that are actually donated to NIL. I know that can be better. Even if 2,500 of them don't want anything to do with NIL, that still leaves us with 2,500 that might do something. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a number that, that has to go up, and I think the more <clears> – <throat> We can continue to hit on this and, and push it out there on social media, talk about it publicly, and you know continue to raise awareness. I just don't think people know enough about it. I mean, even there's some diehard fans I know that just don't understand NIL, which is why I've tried to, to get Hank and yourself on the show and 
um, I just think we'll continue to push this thing. All right, let's get our first break in. Where again, we got Doug Gomes in studio, uh, courtesy of Team Boneyard. We'll continue to take your questions on YouTube, Facebook, and more. We will be right back with more about Team Boneyard ECU's place in NIL. All right, let's go. Back to hoist the colors with Stephen Iko. Drink up with me, Hardy Joe Ho. One ninety-four-three. The game. Stand by. Come back. All right, welcome back into Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. We've got Doug Gomes in from Team Boneyard, the ECU NIL collective at East Carolina University or supporting East Carolina uh, outside the university, but doing uh, things to support ECU. So we got a lot of questions rolling in. We'll get to them on social media. Doug, we were talking during the break. We might as well just talk about on the air the, the contracts. So you, you guys sign players to contracts. Right. For uh, you know the payments, obviously, as uh, most collectives do. How are those contracts structured? And uh, I've got a, I've gotten a question too on: Is there a limit on like could you make a monthly if you wanted to, or is that I don't know is that not the norm? Our I, contracts uh, uh, currently a lot of them expire this month and next month with football and basketball. The first year, all the contracts were ten month contracts, and we pay monthly. We pay monthly because if they're not in good standing with the team or they enter the transfer portal or something else happens to them, then the payments stop. So that's why we did monthly payments. Okay. And uh, we probably will do that again this year. But, again, we'll get input from our coaches. The first year, everybody's got more experience now. So, you know, we know that, uh, you know, the coaches need to not just use all the money for existing players, that they need to hold some back for – uh, transfer portals and that type of thing. So I think there'll be some significant changes, but we have to get the money. You guys as a board, y'all will vote on kind of how to disperse the money and y'all use you know sources to obtain the best information possible because, look, y'all aren't the ones making the, the call on what quarterback to bring in or whatnot. Right. But y'all, y'all have to – y'all ultimately it's, it's Team Boneyard's money, so you guys make the votes to, you know, to spend it where you want to spend it. So – Kind of, kind of take us through that process of those meetings, and and, and that's something I think you are you are figuring out now how to best disperse the money via attracting players from the portal, retaining players, which is going to be a key, and trying to figure that all out. Yeah, well, I think that our our function first is to uh, raise the money, and then uh, what percentage of that money goes to football, and what percentage goes to basketball or to the other athletic teams. Because some people do give money that would be necessary for baseball or, you know, my wife contributed to uh, two women uh, basketball players. So, you know, we honor that uh, to what the money comes in for the programs. But we emphasize football because, uh, you know, 70-some-odd percent or greater of revenue for all the sports comes from football. We need that goose to be as golden as possible. But we want to encompass all the major sports that, uh, you know, that that when it makes sense for us financially. Right now, we can't. So if it's basketball and football, uh, you know, we probably had uh, close to 70 of those players and the two women basketball players under contracts this past year. We have done some things with baseball. Uh, Some people have run money through Team Boneyard for baseball. Uh, So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, let's say we raise a million dollars, uh, probably 70% of it would probably go to uh, football or in that in that category, and 30% maybe for men's basketball in that category. There may be some tweaking there, but uh, again, if we if football used maybe 300,000 this past year, we need to get them uh, at least double, if not triple, that amount. 
And, uh, you know, what happens, uh, people say you can't pay for recruits, and they're right, but what happens is a recruit talks to the coaches and say, let's say he's a quarterback, and he says, well, what are you paying your current quarterback? What is he getting from the NIL? That's what happens. Right. So. And we, we actually had a question on this. Michael Jones on, on YouTube says, what's the going rate for an FBS starting quarterback in the portal? Uh, and are we willing to spend a huge chunk of our whole yearly budget to get that guy? And, I mean, look, let's, like ECU has a clear need at quarterback. I think everybody realizes that. And, uh, you know, again, you can't go out and recruit a quarterback per se, say, hey, we'll give you this much money to come to ECU. But that quarterback, realistically, if he's a proven guy, he's going to say, all right, if I go to ECU, what are my – Option. What does Team Boneyard have that maybe they could pay me? Is is kind of what the, the conversations are without you guys recruiting them directly. So, uh, what, I don't know any information on that front, and and that'll probably be a storyline. I'm sure this off season. Well, you know, let's face it. I mean, the market is there for. Uh, you know, it goes. There's some uh, kids that are getting millions of dollars and haven't even thrown the football. Uh, that's not going to be the quarterback we get. But there, uh, it's just like any other business. You have a, a, an amount of money, revenue, that you get, and that determines what you're going to play your, your associates or who does what and what positions those are. So, yeah, I don't see uh, Mike Houston spending all the money on NIL on a quarterback because you got to have people that run the ball, you got to have people that block, and you got to have people that catch the ball. So I think he has a, a good plan of what we need. Uh, I trust and support the coaches. They don't tell me how to build boats, and I don't try to tell them how to put the team together. What we need to do is concentrate on what we do best, get the funding, and get it to them. Raise the money is the main goal here. I mean, that's the more money you have, the more they can, the better quarterback they can get, and the better pieces Correct. around them they can get. So that's kind of the main goal. Uh, Robert says, can donations go directly to a player or sport? He says, I don't think people know that they have control on how their money is spent. So if you could address that, yeah, you know, we uh, uh, it's sort of like when people give money to uh, you know and say, hey, it's uncommitted, and the and the athletic department can use it the way they do. That's really the best gift when we get it and said, look, use it where you need it the most. Or when they said, hey, we want it to go to football, that's fine. I discourage a little bit giving it to a player because that takes it out of the hands of, of the coaches and their ability to say, hey, who needs it and what do we need? So we try to say, look, if you want to designate a, a program, fine. Uh, but player uh, specifically, uh, you know, that's not the best thing for us, but it does happen. Right, so if somebody gives directly to you guys and says – specifies it for a player y'all will pass that money along to the player i mean yep. so yep. it's just one of those things if yep. somebody wants to have a player they want to support yeah. but now they can't do that through pps okay that, that's a kind of a legal thing with them you can say team boneyard and you can say the program but you can't do it for a player gotcha okay doug gomes is with his team boneyard uh, chair of the committee and we're addressing your comments. And uh, Justice wants to know, without giving too much information, are there any players we lost last year that we would have retained had we met or exceeded our current NIL dollar goal? Um, and, and, you know, it's hard to speculate, Doug, but obviously the two offensive linemen, Avery Jones, went to Auburn after first committing to Illinois, uh, probably due to NIL. Nashad Strother, a starting lineman, he went to Oregon. I don't know if you could – retain those guys but you would at least have a shot to if you've got the funding say hey we can increase your standing to stay with us and maybe you're not going to make whatever you make at auburn but you can stay here you don't have to move and it just comes back to the more money you have in the team boneyard we probably weren't even in the discussion right because when you have three hundred thousand dollars for the 
for 60 players, and you're saying, okay, what are you going to do for those other players? I'll give you an example. UNC Charlotte played us, and uh, just indirectly what, what I know is that they have three players uh, that are getting combined about $150,000. And those players are not running backs and quarterbacks. They're two defensive ends and a defensive back. That's half of what we gave to all of our players last year in football, half with three players. So, you know, you can see that there's a large gap. Uh, we're not talking about trying to get uh, the cream of the crop. We're talking about getting kids that are hungry and can do well at the level that we play. And I wanted to hit on that, too. Is Look, ECU is never going to lead the, the college football world in NIL funding. And it all comes back to – you. you you're gonna to have to be smart with your resources here, and but you got to at least have enough to be competitive. And I think that's kind of what the goal is of you guys right now. If you get to a million dollars or, or hopefully over, that puts ECU in a position to to be competitive, right? Yeah, you know, uh, let, let's just talk about the one and eight record yeah. we have. We've actually been competitive in most of those games. Uh, you know, a lot of them we lost in the fourth quarter. We aren't that far if we had a couple of key players in some of those positions that we would have been more than competitive this year. So we're not talking about we're broke. We're talking about things that can be enhanced and be better and make us get over that edge of competitiveness. Uh, Newton Smith says, are players under a contract to get any money? We talked about this earlier, but he says, for example, if they don't perform or exceed expectations, can it be adjusted? So I guess technically by the letter of the law, NIO is not supposed to be pay for play, so you can't I don't know. Correct. Like, you, you, you can't, can't pay a guy for a touchdown no. or whatever. That's but. pay for performance, and you can't do that. Now, maybe we can look at shorter contracts or that type of thing because you know maybe they need to go through spring and then they can evaluate. But but uh, no, you have to be very very careful on that. So there's that. All right, we had a question earlier too uh, from Brooks. He says question for Doug and Igo, and this is kind of a. A big picture question. He says, at this point in time, if a Pirate fan can only donate $200 a year, is it better to donate to the NIL Collective or to the Pirate Club? He says, especially for the Pirate Club perspective, you get the continuous points, the, you know, the stickers, the parking, et cetera, which I you know, completely understand. People don't want to lose kind of their priority uh, place. But look, that's a, that's a, a topic that is, is real. Uh, people that only have so much disposable income they want to support the program but they're trying to figure out how to best support it so we'll start kind of with your take doug on you know maybe the best possible approach there from your point of view yeah well you know uh, uh, personally you know we're active my wife and i with the pirate club united campaign and nil not everybody has that luxury or affordability in their age and stage where they're at but it it it's a three-legged stool the united uh, campaign is one leg, the PC Pirate Club is another, and then NIL is a third leg. It didn't exist uh, until a couple of years ago. Now that third leg is very shriveled. Okay, it's not very strong, and that's what we needed to get to. So if somebody's asking me where to put the money, you know, I think it's important that we still have scholarships for Pirate Club. But if if the next choice, then I would go NIL. It, much more important than having the facilities. Uh, even Mike Houston has said that, that, you know, we need the players. And uh, uh, so that's how I see it. And realistically, if you get the players and you win, theoretically, that should be e it should be easier to raise the money for a practice facility in time. Yeah, look, Tulane, they, they probably gained a million dollars by going to that bowl last year. A million dollars came to NIL, which they didn't have before, just that exposure. 
And I know when we start winning, we'll get more. But we need it now, you know, to get to that point. He is Doug Gomes. Let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll continue to discuss NIL and more. Get to more of your questions as well. Talk about a few other topics, too. We will be right back. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors. Matey. Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back in to Hoist the Colors on this Thursday. It's funny I got this message because we were talking about during the break. Had a fan tweet. I'd love to know if Mike Houston has contributed to NILR or has been asked to, thought about it. Uh, he's making $2.4 million before paying players is expensive. So, he, you know, coaches can't give directly to NIL. That's a violation. So, you know, there's, there's rumors out there of, like, you know, Biff Pogey at Charlotte maybe giving indirectly. But if you're a coach, you can't give directly to NIL. Right. Is the, the official ruling. So Correct. I just wanted to address that. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to, you know, Stephen, we're right. not going to do something illegal. Right. Okay? That's just not. We're just trying we're to raise to. a little bit right. of money legally. Right. I just wanted to address that question somebody wrote in. I've actually gotten that a couple times. Um, all right, so Team Boneyard, you guys have done a good job on social media, kind of raising awareness. Somebody suggested, this is more of a suggested than a question, um, basically if you guys set a goal, is there a way to kind of get like an active counter and really push that social media, hey, we're this far away from our goal, let's continue to push subscribers. Is that something y'all, y'all might could look at? Yeah, I think we could look at that. I, that's a good point. We've, we've not talked about that. No, nobody's asked us about that, but... You know, we're, we're pretty transparent. There's, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I always tell people it's easier to tell the truth because you don't have to be smart. <laughs> to, but to, to not to be deceiving or something like, it takes a really smart person to keep up with what you didn't tell somebody. And I feel like, too, if people kind of know where the goal is and how far away sure. and they can follow it, maybe they're more willing to give to, to, to increase it. You know, you see it all the time with yeah. the... The public donations or GoFundMe pages, so I think that's something you know definitely as y'all y'all meet y'all can look into. And um, we also had a question: What action? Although I will say, yeah. Stephen, that it seems like uh, these other collectives they don't necessarily tell how much money Publicize they have. It. Yeah. So I don't know how if that's something we want to do or not do, but that's something we should talk about. It is. It's just a weird weird world because like you hear all these rumors of how much these collectives have. And I, I've talked to people like directly involved in like the South Florida collective and like the number he told me was way different than what I heard from another source. And like, he wasn't even sure how much money they have. So like, I don't know, like how much too is this just schools maybe at times making up how much money they have to get recruits? I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, again, it's hard to find the, the facts on it. And, you know, I do a lot of research on it and a lot of the guys on the committee do, and you hear all sorts of things. I heard USF has 800,000 and they want to go to 1.5 million. I have no idea if that's true or not. Um, with 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 the conference right now, Tulane is at the top, SMU is at the top, UTSA is at the top. How much do you feel like that is a correlation to NIL? Do you feel like those programs, from what you've heard, are near the top of the league in, in NIL funding? Obviously, SMU, I think, is at the top. Yeah, of course, they're not going to be with us anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, that's what I hear as well. And uh, So, you know, I think the ones that you mentioned are. and uh, But I think we can – we can be competitive, maybe not with SMU. I mean, they, the money that they threw out to get into the ACC was it's crazy. It's insane. Crazy. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I think, a different ball game. But yeah. I do feel like the other ones are attainable, reachable. 
Uh, Jay on Facebook says we lost a kid to Charlotte who transferred from UNC. Yeah, I remember that. It was uh, Dante Balfour covering his recruitment. He visited ECU. He was close to committing, and he visited Charlotte. Essentially got offered more money, and that's why he's there. So, I mean, this is a real thing, and uh, people can say ECU shouldn't lose to Charlotte in football, and there were other reasons that that game played out like it did, but NIL was a factor just like there are a lot of factors. Uh, Scott Dixon on Facebook says, it's good to know the NIL discussion has begun. There are many fans who believe the NIL is not a significant part of building a successful football program. It is a vital part of building a successful football program, he says. So, Doug, what's the – and I got a question, too. What actions should the ECU Collective take to overcome donor objections? And this is something that everyone is fighting in college football, but definitely here at ECU just continuing to raise the awareness. So what are you guys doing to try and overcome that? Well, a lot of it is just doing what we're doing right yeah. now, uh, being on your program and uh, doing Zoom calls with the meeting with donors. They have my number out there. I get calls, and I take the time to explain anything anybody wants to ask about it. And, uh, uh, you know, I understand it. I mean, I don't like the NIL. Uh, I, if you have, let's say, 5,000 Pirate Club members and we have less than 4%, 200, less than 200 people that are contributing to the Team Boneyard, so let's just say of the 5,000, 2,500 of them hate NIL. Okay, I got it. But there's still 2,500 others that could be supportive that we need to get our message out. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and try to convert somebody that just for principle doesn't want to give to NIL. I understand it. Uh, at the same time, if they're one of the ones that are going to come complain about how the sports teams are performing, then I'm going to say, hmm, think about it. You know, it's sort of like not voting in the elections right. and being mad about a politician that got in there. 100%. And, and I, uh, I think everybody should understand this point. It directly affects, especially going forward. And, you know, we can make the argument how much did it impact this year. I think definitely at least some. But going forward, if people want a quick fix, got to have the funding to do it. Uh, as so, so the portal will open in December, Doug. How important is it to raise money? We're, we're sitting here on November 9th doing this interview. I mean, this next month for me as a reporter who covers recruiting, covers the team, like I understand how important NIL funding is for the portal because people can say you don't recruit with the uh, NIL and technically you don't, but they're, they're going to want to see the money. So how important is that? Well, it's very important because the, uh, the what, what happens, you can't use it for recruiting, but uh, the kids that are being recruited, they know to ask, okay, let's say I'm a defensive end and I'm going to come to East Carolina. What What's the current – NIL paying your defensive ends now. That's how it gets out there. So, uh, you know, we need to have a good amount of money raised by the end of this month and going into the beginning of December so that our coaches have somewhat of an understanding of what they can use for transfer portal, uh, what they can keep for uh, the current players that they have. So we can't wait until January, the portal ending, to let them know that we have the money. So right now is our biggest push. We need the money this month. What are you guys doing other than, again, these interviews? Like, are y'all, uh, from, from just from what I've gathered, it seems like the administration, and again, they can't directly ask for NIL donations, but they're maybe encouraging fans, some of their top donors, to, to really consider NIL. Is that kind of the sense you guys are getting yes, to? absolutely. I think there's been uh, more of an emphasis on it in the last uh, 30 days, and I think uh, – uh, John and Ryan have been very open about talking to donors about it, and I fully expect that that uh, we can come 
and meet our goals. And, uh, and that's our challenge, but I think it's doable. And uh, so we're going to do everything we can to get that message out there. Look, it's not rocket science. If we had 500 people that want to give $50 a month, that's you know three hundred thousand dollars, and if there's five hundred people that want to give a hundred dollars a month, that's another six hundred thousand dollars. That those two right there, that's almost a million dollars, and that's a thousand people. It can be done, and it won't hurt anybody to pay six hundred dollars a year, or those that are paying twelve hundred dollars a year. You were kind of making the point earlier, like how often do we, as a society, just waste you know twenty five to fifty dollars a month and not even realize it, and it sounds like a lot in theory, but if you really think about how much you, whether it's spending on fast food or, you know, just, I don't know, a subscription uh, that you don't pay any attention to, like there are ways to make sacrifices to give that monthly donation. Yeah, and I don't think it's a big sacrifice. Like, right. You know, uh, Stephen, I, I, I don't know why any business in Greenville and Pitt County wouldn't be supportive of a team Boneyard because businesses, they thrive on these Saturdays, and they thrive on the non-Saturdays we're playing here with people, again, going out or buying apparel. It just seems to me it's a no-brainer that it's very important for our community to have very, very good teams. I mean, the spirit that comes with the baseball and the basketball and the football is unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable environment. That's what we have here in East Carolina. People can say what they want to say, but you go to these other stadiums, they're hardly putting any fans in there. We have very passionate fans, and I know they want to be supportive. They just don't know that how important it is. Uh, Jay says, I read where one of our players was promised NIL by Miami, and once he got there, it wasn't what he was led to believe. Now he's here. It goes to show how NIL is a moving target. Teams might suggest they have more resources available to get a kid to commit. And then also, Robert says, make the point that some do not like the coaching staff, but no other quality staff will come in without a robust NIL in place. So, I mean, that was something that uh, was said the other day as well, is like if you're a coach, whether, you know, you can be a head coach, OC, going anywhere, like you're going to want to know what the NIL funding is because like, it's basically what's funding your roster right now. Yeah, it's uh, – again, uh, the players, uh, they know the importance of NIL. The coaches know – the importance of NIL, and it doesn't matter who comes in, the, the coach, that's going to be one of their first questions too. And, uh, you know, I talk to each of these kids that we put under contract. They're First of all, they're all really good kids. I, I'm really pleased with the characteristics and uh, the quality of kids that we're getting. And I tell them, look, NIL is one component, but these are kids that are 18, 19, and 20. That money means a lot to them. A lot of them come from very poor circumstances, so it means a lot. But I also tell them the culture is important, the community, uh, the the peers that they play with, the coaches, and uh, you know, and, and the playing time. So none of those may exist where they go. You know, the grass always looks greener on the other side till you get there. So we try to tell them that there's more than just an IL. But right now, that's the number one thing. And I should say too, the the players, the ones I've talked to about Team Boneyard, they are extremely appreciative of you know, the funds when they get them. So it's not like they're looking for a handout every now and then. It's just like the look, the guys, if, if, if you're a talented all-conference player, you're going to try and get paid while you can. I understand that. Nobody can blame the student-athletes for that. But these guys, too, they're appreciative of what the donors are doing. And I want to – you know, you see the tweets, and maybe some people don't see the Instagram posts if they're not active on social media. But I do want to reiterate that. It's not like they're just taking this money and not 
utilizing it, they are very thankful for it. They are, and uh, and they they you know part of their contract says they they need to be publicizing uh, Team Boneyard, and and it'll even be more with the public school system. And uh, but they're they're quality kids. I mean, you know, when, when's the last time you read about a kid getting yep. in trouble with the law? I mean, it it's really been good. Teamboneyard.org again. So, if Doug, if people want to give monthly, if they want to write a, a, a large check, uh, you know, can they do this through online, uh, teamboneyard.org, and then just kind of remind folks, again, the best and easiest way to uh, to do that. Yeah, so when they go to that uh, teamboneyard.org, it gives them uh, a uh, choice between giving directly to Team Boneyard or for a tax deduction, doing it through parents from public schools. Now, again, if you're a business, you're going to get that tax deduction even if you give directly to Team Boneyard. But yes, once they do that, then they can set it up to either do a, a monthly uh, installment pay through their credit card, or they can go ahead and, and send a check. Uh, and if anybody wants to, to give a large check and wants to have a personal uh, visit, I'd be glad to talk to anybody and, and go pick up the check and uh, save them some time. All right, let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We will wrap things up with Doug Gomes of Team Boneyard. It's been a very informative hour. And we'll touch on maybe some of the, the other sports as well, definitely men's basketball and uh, you know what you guys are doing with that and other sports. And closing thoughts on football with the portal coming up as well. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. 194.3, the game. Welcome back in. Hoist the Colors. Thursday, November 9th edition of the show. Been a very informative hour. Really appreciate Doug Gomes' time. He is the lead chair on the Team Boneyard Committee and uh, helping to raise funds for the NIL Collective. And we were talking during the break, Doug, and this is open to any and everybody. I mean, this is a – really, it's a – if you're part of the pirate fan base, this is the one collective at this time that is being utilized to to fund these student athletes and to help build championship programs. So we can't reiterate enough, teamboneyard.org, that's the, the way to give and open to any and everybody. Yeah, it's the official collective of East Carolina University. It's the only collective there is. All right, so Doug Gomes, again, is with us. So we got a few questions I want to address. Uh, Rohan says, are we planning on releasing or promoting the size of NIL deals we have with students? So this is kind of a tricky you know, topic because, like, in a way, you, you want to promote that you have an NIL deal, but you don't want to give other teams ammunition as well. Yeah, I mean, all you're doing is just saying, okay, you know, this kid's getting $1,000, and so another program comes in and says, oh, well, he's only getting $1,000. Let's go ahead and give him twelve fifty. So, you know, we, we probably won't be advertising what we do to individual players or that type of thing. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessary for us to be successful. And that's why, you know, we're hitting the fact that there is a goal to reach here uh, on Team Bonner to be competitive with the American and then how that, that money is dispersed maybe will be kept quiet to a degree. Because you don't really have that information from other schools either. Like, we're kind right, of, it's, it's kind very, of guesswork. Yeah, it's you know, you hear a lot of anecdotal type things. But basically, you know, we, we know where we want to be. We want to be somewhere between a million and a million and a half. And, look, I'll, I'll be glad to give my cell number, uh, my email address for anybody that wants to, to discuss anything or ask any specific questions. We're very transparent. Ryan says, can we get a list of businesses that contribute so we can make sure to support them? So I know 
Team Boneyard on social media promotes them often. Do you know any yep. any of the major businesses offhand that you know that really supported this cause? Well, there's a lot of them. I yeah. mean, there's you know Bagel Man and uh, Bill Clark Homes and uh, uh, you know just more numerous than I can mention. Uh, UBE has been. Uh, Anson Belt. Anson Belt has been good. Interbanks Media. Interbanks so. Media. David Price Construction. KDL uh, Construction. So. There's a lot of there, there's a lot that aren't doing anything and and maybe they're just not aware of it. Sup Dogs has been very supportive of what we do as well. And uh, again, if you go to, to to Boneyard Team on Twitter, basically they they kind of send out every time somebody contributes. You know, like uh, let's see here, Wilkinson Cars, uh, the Cadillac Chevrolet, uh, Buick GMC was just shouted out for their contribution to Team Boner. So this is something people can follow online as well. Yeah, Menjis has been very supportive of us as town, well. Town Insurance. So, yep. again, go through that Boneyard team to get all that. All right, so we talked a lot about football, and, again, that is the, the biggest revenue sport uh, for, for good reason. That's why we're discussing it. But you guys have also really got behind uh, Mike Schwartz's men's basketball program. That is a program that is continuing to ascend, and I think if, ha- if it has the season that – we all think they can have may need more funding as well. So, yeah. In terms of men's basketball, how much are you guys working with them right now? Well, we we have six players under contract right now, and uh, uh, that's this year ending up. And you know, I tell people if there's an effect that NIL can have quickly with a team, it's probably basketball because you're really talking about a very limited number of players. And you know, out of five players, if if you've got two studs, you can make a difference. And uh, uh, but Mike Schwartz has done an incredible job retaining the players he has. Uh, you know, it's uh, we want to be much more active with men's basketball as well. But I can't emphasize enough: we need football to be healthy. Yeah, and that just kind of trickles down to, to everything else. And, and hopefully, men's basketball has the season it's capable of. And then you get people who want to give to football and basketball, and it's just one of those things too. And, and there are people that have given to baseball. We've given to baseball. I've given to baseball. We love Cliff Godwin. We love the baseball team. There's just a lot of good sports. There's just not enough money to go everywhere. Uh, and, and then, too, I wanted to ask about retention, especially with football, the offseason coming up. You know, what do you think those conversations will be like? So we got about a minute left in the show in terms of trying to figure out maybe what guys get an increase because – Let's be real. Teams are going to be trying to recruit players off ECU's roster, especially this defense, given the amount of success it's had. Yeah, I mean, it's already active. And, you know, I think uh, Mike Houston has a good understanding of the players that they want to retain. What we need to do is be able to tell them, here's the kind of money that we're talking about that you have available. And we're not able to have that conversation just yet. But I'm sure he's already earmarked who he needs to keep and retain. All right, Doug, this has been awesome. We appreciate the time, and we'll try to get you on, you know, maybe somewhat regularly going forward every few months just to get updates here and there uh, between you, Hank, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk Lance into coming on. Too. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. A lot of fun today on the show. Again, teamboneyard.org. You can come and give directly to the collective online, tax deductible through parents for public schools of Pitt County, or if you're a business, you can do tax deductible straight to team boneyard as well all right we'll get out of here tomorrow we will have our usual friday show philip pilkins and joe sampson will make game picks preview ecu fau and more this has been hoist the colors 
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 The Game. Take a hit from a 300-pound linebacker and you better be wearing pants. Take a hit on the road and you better